Let's get started with a little bit of swearing. You want to go and get a fucking diet, son? You're going to die looking like that. You're looking at you're looking at that. Is that good? How's that? Yes, good. Yeah, fucking good. Mmm. Is that good? Fucking morons. Look at you. Why don't you go and get a job, all of you? Hey, heroes. Look at them all. Hey, babe. That's it. Unfucking believable. Any confusion you might have is a sign that you haven't listened to part one of this story. And if you have, then this previously will give you a refresher. There you go. Oh, you got him. You got him. We collect dead dead birds that they've left out there or that have been wounded and have died. Uh, they'll intimidate and follow hunters when hunters are trying to do the right thing. And they'll move and these protesters will move to follow them. Um, they've got no legal right to interfere in what we're doing. The law is designed to facilitate shooters. It favours shooters. It wasn't a law created to advance protest or to advance animal rescue. I got a, a fine of um, using a noise-making device without a permit. Why have laws that facilitate such a niche activity? There aren't many people that want to shoot. At the end of the day, we're at the top of the food chain. I'm James Milson, and this is The Rule Book. So we heard about Luke Milroy's experience helping a hunter to find a duck that the hunter had shot and couldn't find. Luke was, as we heard, charged with offences, including one about noise-making devices, one about getting in the way of the hunter, basically. Here we are now, with Luke, in court. And so, but the hunter gave evidence? Yeah, and it was really strange, because me and him were talking out in the wetlands a lot, you know, and just just telling each other our views and you know, opinion and it was quite like civilized and then in court he was uh, he just said like i don't know i was sort of aggressive or something like that and that i yeah that i was rude and and that i was harassing them and it's words that like the harassing word i think it was just put in place for like the the DPI lawyers must have told the hunters to to use that harass word because it's part of the fine. You know, they don't look they didn't look like the people that would ever use that in you know. I don't I don't really know anyone that would use like the words hinder and harass, you know, to in general conversation and they were using them like a lot, saying that I was hindering them from hunting and I think it was just because that was how the the fines were worded. And in any event, you presumably you would have been the first to say that you were, of course you were hindering them from hunting. That was your sole purpose. Uh, Is that right? Or? We don't really like using that hinder word. Why? Wow. <laughs> uh, just because they can use it against us, sort of. So like, what's the, what do you use instead? Oh, uh, we just say, we, we just, um, We'll just say that we're, you know, just trying to warn warn the birds of the impending doom or something like that, imminent danger, 
we're not out there to harass anyone really we're out there to to save animals <laughs> you know and i don't know hin hindering a hunter is yeah it makes I, I don't i don't really know i just i just don't know how to even word it without sounding like a criminal or something yep uh yeah my name's Rafiq Damashki and I'm, i run the duck and quail hunting australia page on facebook i've come against uh protesters in the last two to three duck openings um i have come against them yes and what was that experience like uh i was just out doing family tradition doing everything by law and uh, obviously they're breaking the law a lot of them didn't um, hold a current game license, therefore they couldn't be on the wetlands before 10 o'clock. So I was just out there doing my right thing and I just ignored them and just followed on the tradition that I stand by. Mm. So uh, the one thing that the protesters have been saying to me is that, and again, like it's not it's not going to be new to you. You're involved in all this stuff, but that that like yep. so this small the small kind of minority of people are interested in hunting. I think there's like twenty thousand people with um, licenses at the moment, and uh, there's a lot more people, obviously, than that in Victoria. Millions more who who aren't going out hunting. So. That all leads to this question, well, why um, should there be laws that favour hunters as a, instead of everybody else? What, what, what do you think about that? Sorry, what law were you talking about? Oh, so, yeah, no, <laughs> good question. So, for example, like a, there's one law in Victoria which means that, um, well, like the, law, like the law you're talking about, actually, protesters not being allowed to be there before 10, protesters having to be there, or I think they call themselves rescuers in um, the duck stuff, not, not being allowed to be within 25 metres of someone with a firearm, um, not being allowed to use a noise device to harass or disturb the... Um, the wildlife or the hunter. Yep. And so I uh, get, it's just like yeah. any sort of sport, like like, like uh, you've got AFL, you can't have uh, spectators or people that aren't licensed to be on the footy field out there doing what licensed um, duck hunters. Uh, we've got our duck hunting. We go through a lot of uh, duck IDs. Therefore, we're out there knowing what we're doing. So we can't have people that are um, unskilled, untrained, out on the field, um, which is a duck swamp, whatever it is, um, in those conditions with us if they're not licensed. And look, if they go and do their duck test like we've all done, we've all paid for, then they can be out there um, with us if they wanted to. But a lot of them don't have it. Um, and a lot of them just are protesting, thinking that they're going to um, save ducks or whatever, this and that, but they're not licensed to be there for those three months. Now back to Sue Penicue, member of the Legislative Assembly in Victoria. Because they've been handed over this by the, the law, they think it's their right. They think it's even more their right because we've got the right to be here and you're not allowed over there. And, you know, people are measuring how far 25 metres is. And... It is their legal right, right? Like, mm. so yeah, they, and you've got officers right. walking around making sure you're not near the water. Anyone who goes into the water gets arrested. So we've heard reasons why hunters should be allowed to hunt from RAF, who we just heard from, and Bruce Wellington from Gun Emporium uh, in the first part of this story. I told Sue 
about a couple of those reasons. Mm. And one of them is um, I've been, my family have been hunting ducks for for generations and so it's it's in my family tradition, you know, it's almost like I can't not hunt and and whatnot. Um, the, that, and so given that standpoint and whether or not that person's in the majority of people, shouldn't we strike a balance between people's needs and wants? Well, no, I don't see that because I don't, it's not about people's needs and wants. We're talking about the brutal slaughter of, of birds, native water birds that happens every year. And I've seen it with my own eyes. Um, and I don't really know how you balance that because uh, there's no need. There's no, actually, you said needs. There's no need for anybody to be shooting ducks. Uh, there may be a desire on some people to do that, which I don't understand. Um, I don't understand. So I'm, I'm a person who doesn't understand why anyone would want to shoot animals, particularly defenceless animals that uh, are no threat to them. Um, and have no idea, you know, what's coming, and in such a brutal way. Um, so, uh, you know, a great number of birds are not killed outright, so they're injured and they flap around on the water, um, they're in pain, they suffer, some of them, you know, fly off or, or flap off, die later. Others, the, um, if, they're, if, the if they're the sort of duck that the hunter wants, and we can go to that, subject a bit later they'll got they will retrieve it and wring its neck or whatever so there's nothing pretty about any of this um so and and your point about tradition well some traditions are worthy of leaving behind like whaling So we talked a lot about the rights of hunters or the rights of protesters, but we haven't talked about the rights of the main subjects, really, of this story, ducks, animals generally. And I think it really pays to have a look at the law of animal rights and the philosophy underpinning it. Animals have no rights. They have no legal rights. And philosophically, there's an argument to be had, but it's Once again, Dr. Siobhan O'Sullivan, but University of New South if Wales. If we were to ascribe rights to animals, the question would be rightly, well, what kind of rights? What would they look like? And some people say welfare rights would be the thing, so rights to particular types of welfare protections. But I think a lot of people would argue that if, if the word right has a meaning that's at all, you know, worthy of, of that broader concept, it would presumably mean a right to life. That, that would be the first and most important right that animals might desire or benefit from. But because there are no legal rights, it's a very... Um, a very abstract argument. What, what would the rights look like? I'm not sure, but presumably a right to life would, would be key. I also wanted to hear Siobhan talking a little bit about speciesism. So it's kind of like comparing the rights of uh, humans with the rights of other um, animal species. And I asked about this comparison between the rights of humans and the rights of sentient animals. 
the argument goes, well, if it's okay to discount the suffering of an individual because they are not of a particular species, in particular human beings, then why should we be concerned with other types of discrimination? Why is it okay to favour humans, but it's not okay to, say, favour men over women or white people over people of colour, etc.? So either the luck of birth is morally significant or it's not. And if it isn't, then we need to think carefully about the way we interact with non-human animals because at the moment a lot of what we do to animals are things that cause them as much harm as would be the case in if they were done to humans, but we do it on the basis that they're a member of a different species and in particular not our own species. So the suggestion is that this is morally problematic and it's often referred to as speciesism. So, yep, humans have dominion over non-human animals. And I've noted earlier in this story this issue of, well, humans in the democratic world anyway have these systems whereby uh, the people get to say what the law is. You know, I'm really overstating there, but that's the general idea. So is the law based on what the people think? And if not, why not? If you've enjoyed listening to this episode of The Rule Book, then why not subscribe? You'll be one of the first to hear all new episodes and it helps others find this excellent podcast. You might even like to support the hard work that goes into putting this podcast together by heading over to therulebook.xyz and donating your dollars. For as little as $2, you can help to make this excellent thing happen. And the more you donate, the more you have access to. Extended episodes, Q&A, it could all be yours. Head on over now to therulebook.xyz and follow the links through. Hello, um, my name's John, I'm a carer. So I stumbled upon this clip. It is a press conference and it features the leaders of the two major parties in Victoria at the time, Dennis Napthine and Daniel Andrews. So this guy who's attending is asking about duck shooting. Why don't we just ban it? The majority of people are against it. It's wrong. I'm appealing to you, Dr. Napthine, in particular, because you are a veterinarian. Um, Why don't we just stop it? Uh, thank you very much, and I thank you for your question. On our respect in our democratic society, we have people with different views on a range of issues. I must say my view and the view of my government is different to yours with respect to uh, the sport of duck hunting. We support uh, duck hunting. We have instituted a game management approach that... Makes we get the idea the party in power is in favour of duck shooting. I'll do you a favour and scrub forward. And did you want to respond on that? Thanks very much, Dave, and thank you, John, for your question. And I don't think my answer will please you either, but I do respect the fact that many people have deeply held views on this. But in my judgment, this is a legitimate form of recreational activity, provided the rules that are there, many of which Dennis has just gone through, are followed. Now, I understand that that is not the answer that you want, uh, but the most important thing tonight is for all of us to be straight and... I don't propose any changes to the arrangements as they currently uh, exist, uh, and that's the honest answer. All right. We're off to a fairly bipartisan start. 
it must be said this evening. Let's get on to our next question. Thank you very much. I think we've established the answer, at least from... Uh, from so the two major parties at that time agreeing on the issue of duck shooting. The politician that we've been hearing from, Sue Pennicue, member of the Legislative Assembly, is not from either of those parties. She's from the Greens. What's the feeling out there in, in Parliament when you're, when you're speaking about this sort of thing? Depends. I mean, on duck shooting, because um, well, we've got two shooters and fishers there at the moment, so they, you know, heckle a bit. Um, national Are they sitting party, right next to you? No, just across the way. Um, the National Party people. But, look, there's a lot of people in both of the other major parties who quietly hate duck shooting. Mm. Quietly? Being well, they don't speak about it publicly, but yeah. um, some of them speak about it privately. Some of them you pretty well know they agree with you. It's, but then it's really confusing because I think a lot of people do also feel this way. Mm. And so why, why are the laws favouring hunters still? Well, uh, because the, it's political. So for the, for the Liberal Party, when they're in government, they won't upset the National Party. That's a National Party thing, shooting ducks, shooting deer and other things as well. Um, when it's the Labor Party, they don't want to upset the Shooters and Fishers Party because they rely on their preferences in regional areas. Mm. It's pretty well simply, that's it. And maybe you have the same physical reaction that I kind of have when a politician says it's political, but... I don't know. I think it kind of just is. Dr. Siobhan O'Sullivan uh, sort of felt the same way. The explanation lies in, you know, the strategic importance of particular rural seats. I think perhaps it's also facilitated by the fact that it happens in remote locations and it's made very difficult for the duck rescuers to capture images and to get the birds and all the rest of it that then brings the awareness to the city. So I think that it's probably when the politicians sit around and um, add up the pros and cons of either facilitating or prohibiting duck shooting, they probably quickly arrive at the conclusion that not enough people in urban centres are making enough of a stink about it and enough people in the countryside are benefiting from it. So on balance, it's worth it. Just a side note here, it's worth mentioning that Victoria is not the same as every state in Australia. Western Australia um, have banned recreational duck shooting. Um, South Australia banned lead shot. That same thing happened in Victoria. Queensland banned recreational duck shooting. A lot has happened in the law around the country over the last 30 years. So yeah, there are people who are into hunting and there are probably benefits to hunting, as we've heard, uh, the towns near where the lakes are, where the duck hunting takes place, for example. They sell, you know, way more sandwiches and guns or whatever. However, there is this suggestion that keeps coming through that there are lots of people that are against duck hunting. And we hear from some people like Luke, who are against duck hunting, who go out and actively protest, but are there all of these others? And if so, who are they? And why aren't we hearing from them? I think even, you know, just talking about the majority of people are opposed to duck shooting, but it's all, it's, it is still in my, for most people an abstract idea. 
they've never actually been there and seen shotguns going off everywhere and hear that, smell that, see birds falling out of the sky, see them flapping around on the water. That's, um, that's pretty confronting. And in my head, I'm seeing a bit of a circular strange issue here. We're wondering whether people are against duck shooting. One way to find out whether they're against duck shooting would be to see them on the television news protesting it. However, their government has made these laws to actually make it quite hard for them to protest um, for, as Luke has said, uh, to make it basically illegal to effectively protest. Dr. Siobhan O'Sullivan, you're back in the room. And and I wonder whether it's it's a it's a maybe a weird description, but whether part of uh, the reason why it's um, why it can remain is that it's a little bit niche to actively protest this sort of thing. Not that many people are um, willing to figure out what their mind says, let alone speak their mind. Absolutely. I mean, and actually to go and effectively protest. I mean, protests are much more effective when they're linked into the issue in some way. And to go and effectively protest means a lot of sacrifices. I mean, the people who go and protest actually near the waterways, they, you know, they, they, they're making big personal sacrifices to be there to, to try and do, you know, the right thing and to try and protect birds and to try and... Um, you know, discourage birds from flying near the shooters, etc. So it is a it is a difficult one to protest, and it's also, yeah, I think it benefits from being out of sight, and I think it also benefits from the very significant other types of suffering that are also taking place in the world, and that perhaps distract people who you know would otherwise love to think that ducks weren't being shot. Is protesting an effective? Um, measure? I think it is because if you look back uh, it keeps it keeps it in the public eye um, and it keeps the public aware of it but also I think it's resulted in less people shooting so even though we still have the season anyone who's been going out for a long time will tell you there are less people out there shooting ducks than there used to be. Before rounding off and well, if I can round off, and spoiler alert, I can't. I should just let you know what wound up happening with Luke Milroy, who we heard from at the very start of the story. Uh, he went to court. He was essentially found guilty of a couple of different offences along with another few people who were protesters along with him. He uh, was sent, given a good behaviour bond and I think he had to pay a couple of fines. But those aren't the questions that I've been asking here. I've been asking questions about whether the law favours hunters or really more broadly, whether the law can favour an unpopular issue. And if it does and if it can, well, should it? And I think that it's one of these stories where I end up saying, I actually just don't know. I asked Luke whether there might be some common ground, something that can happen between the hunters and the rescuers to help. I, I wish there was like some collaboration with them, but there's, yeah. It's, yeah, sort of just them against us at this stage, I think.
final note before I start crediting and thanking. I just wanted to say that a story like this can be divisive, can be have a lot of different um, views from a lot of different people, and I think that the best thing that a story like this can possibly do is to raise questions and start discussions. That also means that there are lots of different aspects of the story and issues that you might have thought of that I haven't even come close to mentioning Maybe I didn't even think of them. A lot of them are contained in interviews uh, that you've heard, but you haven't heard the full interview, and so the full issue didn't come out because this episode would have gone for six or seven hours otherwise. If you do want to hear uh, the full interview from, for example, Siobhan O'Sullivan, well, that's a possibility. Subscribe via Patreon. Uh, go to therulebook.xyz and follow the links to support the rulebook. And the full interview that I had with Dr. Siobhan O'Sullivan, which was really great and mentioned a lot of different reading that you could go to to find out more about this stuff, it will be yours to listen to. Thank you for listening to The Rule Book. This episode was produced by me and music by me. Head to the website, therulebook.xyz, to find out something. Uh, follow me on Twitter, at Rulebook Podcast, and, you know, the internet more. I've used clips from uh, the YouTube channels of Laurie Levy, Foul Talkers and Rusty Dog 341 and I used a clip from Sky News as well thank you Trixie Studio the, the barrister as well. Yeah, he's, he's really funny. Yeah? Yeah. The, the judge sort of hated him a little bit. <laughs> Do you remember who the, who the judge was? Uh, Mr. Mr. Medley, Medley. Oh, Medley. Medley.